at verse 22 and go through 45. John 6, 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one wherein whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did not where they did eat bread. After that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. And when they they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when canst thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did not eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work on the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should rise it up again on the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, It is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then, he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard, 
and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. And if we would give our attention to Brother David Taggart. Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's, uh, it's nice to be with you all here again. Um, we have great spiritual comfort uh, in joining with you uh, with those of common understanding and faith. You know, there is a, a story about a man who went to the doctor uh, with a sausage coming out of one of his ears And out of one of his other ears, there was a piece of bacon. Um, And he said to the doctor, um, Doc, what's wrong with me? The doctor looked him over and checked him out and then finally said, You're eating improperly. And when you think of it, um, proper spiritual eating uh, is even more important than proper natural eating. We have to put it in the right place. Uh, We have to use it the right way. We have to uh, eat correctly. Uh, And that relates to our subject that uh, we were asked to discuss. And the key verse is in what we read this morning. Verse 35, where it says, I am the bread of life. an expression used by Jesus to describe himself to his disciples. And in this chapter, Jesus also indicates that eating him can lead to salvation and eternal life. So eating properly, spiritually, is extremely important. Um, In addition to mentioning that He is the bread of life. In this chapter 6 of John, Jesus makes many other uh, references to bread that have some similarity. And I'll just uh, mention a few of them. Some of them are in the words that we've read already, and others are a little outside of it. For example, in verse 32, My Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. And of course we have verse uh, 35, I am the bread of life, which is our key verse. 48, I am that bread of life. 50, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Uh, 51, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. 
53 all the way down to uh, uh, 58. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. So these verses all together uh, combined make clear the meaning, more clear at least, the meaning of Jesus' words, I am the bread of life. Jesus was speaking in a metaphor. He was speaking spiritually. Uh, but most of his apostles, sorry, most of his disciples, uh, those that were following him, were not hearing that way. They were hearing literally, not spiritually. And they weren't ready to eat properly. They, in a sense, had a sausage hanging out of their ear and a piece of bacon out of the other ear. Um, similar to the man that, that went to see the doctor. Um, now, just as that man that we talked about uh, uh, wasn't doing things correctly naturally, uh, Jesus' followers were not connecting spiritually when he said, I am the bread of life. And, you know, that wasn't unusual, you know, because Jesus spoke often in, in metaphors and in spiritual things making it sound somewhat natural. And those who didn't get it uh, went off in the wrong direction when they heard some of the things. Even Nicodemus, we read earlier, who eventually, I think, became uh, a brother in Christ, uh, when he was talking to Jesus, said, wait a minute, wait a minute, he said, how can a man uh, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Like he wasn't getting it uh, the spiritual perspective. And as well, we think of the, uh, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well when Jesus was talking to her about living water. And she wasn't getting the spiritual side. She was thinking natural, and she said, thought to herself, well, great, uh, give, me this, uh, give me this water so I don't ever have to come and draw water at the well again, and I won't ever get thirsty again. Uh, same sort of... Uh, Connection that they, they were not transferring to the spiritual from the natural. Fortunately, I think that's not the case for us. Uh, we not only know that Jesus' uh, expression here uh, and later expansion and uh, explanation of it was a metaphor, was a spiritual message, uh, and we do understand uh, what it means for us, and we get the spiritual application correctly. For example, um, uh, in verse 33 that we touched on, where they said, For I am the bread of life, and he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Um, even those who, who um, do understand that it's spiritual 
in other beliefs around us still don't connect with it in the right spiritual way. And that's the thing I think that we have to be uh, even more concerned about. For example, some of those around us of other beliefs uh, would think that, you know, that verse I just read there supports the Trinity and one of the members of the Godhead coming down to the earth uh, to fulfill a role to help save mankind. And you can understand how if you come to it with that thought in mind, you can lift it out of there. Um, and as well, for example, verses 50 and 51, where it says, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I, uh, the, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Well, some beliefs around us uh, feel that these verses support the idea that, you know, you don't necessarily need to have regular communion, as they call it, um, because once or even infrequently will do. And they also feel that these verses support their belief that the communion, or as they call it, uh, the bread and the wine literally and miraculously becomes the flesh, the real flesh and the real blood of Jesus. Um, we don't get it that way spiritually and fortunately. Um, same verses, different understanding. And it's, it's good that we have it because it's a life and death matter uh, to correctly understand and eat of the bread of life. We must eat properly. Uh, we must understand properly. We don't need sausages and uh, bacon hanging from our ears. We understand Jesus uh, to be teaching, uh, by speaking symbolically, that he was the anti-typical manna when he says his flesh was the bread which came down from heaven. The normal bread which they ate at that time, uh, such as the five loaves, which just earlier in that chapter, Jesus had helped transfer uh, and transform to feed 5,000 men, which may mean the total number that ate could have been 20,000, who knows, uh, that day. Uh, that uh, that normal bread um, is something that came from God in the sense that God is the provider and giver of all things to all creatures by means of natural laws and conditions in which we get our necessities of life. By Jesus using God's power supernaturally to act upon those five loaves and two fishes, uh, they expanded in some way to feed the equivalent of a city of people. Uh, and the manna in the wilderness was a special supernatural provision using God's power as well, applied to create food outside of the normal laws of nature. God's power acted and manna, bread, was created daily for them, for their daily use. And you also remember Jesus' temptation 
when he could have supernaturally created bread from stones, but rose to the test and didn't do that. He had that supernatural power to have been able to do it, but only used the powers appropriately, as, for example, when he fed the 5,000-plus people earlier in this chapter. Um, So we've kind of been building up some background uh, to support the fact that Jesus was created or generated uh, by the supernatural Holy Spirit power working on an element of David's descendants named Mary, who became Jesus' virgin mother. And so Jesus became that holy thing, the Word made flesh, the only begotten of the Father, the bread of life, the living bread which came down from heaven. God's power coming down from heaven supernaturally created his Son, the bread of life. And so, as manna seemed to come from heaven, so did its antitype, maybe, uh, Jesus. Of course, uh, we understand that the symbolic expressions John uses regularly, uh, especially in in chapter 6, don't mean that uh, we are, as we see later on, to eat literally of Jesus' flesh and blood, but we understand that by eating literally of any substance, such as bread, uh, we'll only have a temporary sustenance, as did uh, those who had eaten manna. Um, For it says, uh, I didn't write this here, but uh, your fathers ate manna and are now dead, in effect, is is what we have here in, in in a verse somewhere that I was just just uh, trying to quote without having written it in my notes, uh, because that's the temporary sustenance. But by eating symbolically, that is, by understanding and believing and following after the doctrines of Christ, we will have eternal life, not just temporary sustenance. Now, I didn't go in the in the uh, kitchen to check it out, but. Good bread comes with a seal on it, on the bag. At least it does up where where I come from. uh, To assure that it is suitable and not contaminated and as advertised. And we read in John 6, 27, the following. Labor not for the meat which perisheth but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Uh, Sealed. Jesus, the bread of God, the bread of life that came with the seal of God to guarantee his authenticity, his suitability, God placed his seal upon him at his baptism when he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And also gave him, as another seal of his authenticity, uh, the power to appropriately demonstrate it by uh, the Holy Spirit powers. And so the feeding of that 5,000 plus people that we talked about earlier in John 6 
uh, with five loaves and two fishes, demonstrated God's seal, his guarantee, uh, to those who would see it that way and who were connecting with Jesus spiritually. But most didn't get it. Because, as Jesus says in John 6, 44, that we read, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up uh, at the last day. Uh, Knowing that, brothers and sisters, we are greatly blessed to have been called, and let's make our calling and election sure. Now, we read earlier in that key verse, John 6 and 35, where it says, I am the bread of life. Uh, This is the first of seven I am statements that John makes. And you'll think that uh, uh, Brother Aaron and I had some collusion in preparing our talks. I'll assure you that we didn't. I think the collusion comes more from the fact that the organizers of the Bible School program are thinking in a logical way and these things come in sequence. So congratulations to whoever set up the program that way. Um, So let me talk a little bit about some of those I am's in a similar way to what Brother Brother Aaron said. Um, There are six other... uh, I am statements Jesus made in John, one of which was our quotation for our brother Aaron's uh, Sunday school earlier. The next one in John 7 and 12 says, I am the light of the world. And then in John 10 and 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. And in John 10, 7 and 9, it says, I am the door. And then Brother Aaron's subject was in chapter 11 and 25, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And finally in 15 and 1, I am the true vine. And these I am's give us a more complete description of John's role as the bread of of life, of Jesus' role, sorry, of uh, the bread of life. The words I am, as we have translated for us uh, from the Greek, change a little bit, maybe lose a little bit from the original. As I understand it, uh, Jesus does something a little unusual when he makes these statements about himself. Um, he actually sticks two verbs together, which is a little unusual. And by putting them together for emphasis, uh, when he says, I am, uh, it reinforces the idea of, I am the bread of life. Um, The way the Greek reads uh, more literally is, I am, I am the bread of life. Or alternately, I am, even I am, the bread of life. And I think that's a little helpful to think of it that way. I, even I, am the bread of life. There is no other. 
And that makes the connection back, as our brother Aaron made too, to Exodus 3 and 14. When Moses was told by God to tell the people that I am had sent him. And in the Septuagint, the double verb uh, emphasis there is there as well in Exodus, uh, where we read in the Septuagint at least, where it says, I am whom, or I am who I am. And so every time that we see Jesus saying to himself, or about himself, I am, the expressions show absolutely and strongly his connection to God, the I am, his Father. And he is displaying, the way I read it, every time he says, I am, his seal of authenticity, his guarantee. But most of the disciples that followed him didn't get it. Um, What he was really saying spiritually, they were stuck on that literal wavelength, as had Nicodemus earlier, and has had the Samaritan woman, and many times even his apostles. So in John 6, when he said they needed to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, an abhorrent, cannibalistic thing that totally was against their beliefs, if you thought of it literally, uh, of course they murmured and were offended, as we read uh, in verse 61 and, and a few other little places there. Uh, Of course they were. They weren't getting it. Um, They were stuck in the obvious, in the literal. For example, they they didn't get it that he uh, was uh, not just the son of Mary and appeared to be the son of Joseph, uh, who had lived around them in Nazareth. That's what they thought. They said, who is this guy? You know, in verse 42. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Uh, who is this guy uh, that claims to be something far bigger and better? Uh, he's just a local guy here. Uh, well, you know, one of the things they didn't realize was that he wasn't really from local originally. He'd been born in Bethlehem. And you know what the meaning of the word Bethlehem is? The house of bread. Uh, I am the bread of life, and I was born in the house of bread. Uh, Nice, interesting little connection, but they they didn't realize that. Um, You know, uh, let me give you another little story here as a bit of an aside uh, before we begin to, uh, to wrap up. I understand that near the end of the Second World War and for a little while afterward, there were many displaced people and orphans in Europe. Of course, that makes sense uh, because of the war. And the Allied armies did the best they could uh, to help out the situation. They gathered up the orphans and put them into camps where they were well cared for and well fed. But 
despite all this excellent care, uh, these children, these orphans, slept very poorly. They were nervous. They were afraid. And finally, a psychologist uh, devised a solution. And here's what it was. Every night, uh, as each child was being put to bed, uh, kind of being the equivalent of tucked in, some would give, would give them a piece of bread to hold uh, after he was put in bed for the night. It wasn't for eating. The children were already well fed. Uh, but the piece of bread produced wonderful results. Uh, the children had a symbol in that bread in their hands that was comforting. They knew psychologically because they were holding on to the bread, uh, that they would continue to be well cared for through the night and tomorrow, and they would have a place to be and stay and food to eat. Uh, They were contented and they slept well just because they could hold that piece of bread. And so what about us spiritually? Aren't we, in a sense, uh, orphans from this world? Don't we have comfort and peace and contentment as long as we hold on to our piece of bread, uh, the bread of life? Um, And whether we sleep naturally or whether we sleep in Christ after our death, as long as we're holding on to the piece of bread... Uh, we are in comfort and we are assured of our future. Uh, Don't we also take comfort and peace and contentment and rededication and ability to refocus ourselves as we participate in the memorial service, symbolically eating the bread representing Jesus' flesh, and drinking the wine representing his blood. For we read in this chapter earlier, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. And as Peter said, you know, we know that. Uh, At the end of chapter 6, verse 68, where else could we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so there is that peace and contentment by holding on to the bread. And I'm reminded of uh, a favorite quotation uh, from the Arkansas Bible School. Uh, Not that it's not quoted anywhere else, of course, but one of the old Arkansas stalwart brothers, uh, a pillar here uh, in the truth, used to say, Great peace have they 
which love thy law, and nothing, nothing shall offend or, or trouble or bother them. Um, and brothers and sisters, let's conclude in this way. Uh, let's, let's continue to symbolically eat of the bread of life, to eat Jesus' flesh and to drink his blood. Let us maintain the faith by our connection with him, holding on to our piece of bread, just as did those World War II orphans. Wherefore, the rather then, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail, never fall, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the bread of life.